I'm a pastor and there's evil present with me. There's evil present with Billy Graham. You know? Even old guys have this struggle. <laughs> That's right, ain't it, Jim? Jim's getting old. Jim's getting old. <laughs> I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Okay, according to the inward man, I delight in what God wants. I want to do what God wants. I want to read my Bible. I want to please the Lord. I want to be blessed. I even want to fast according to my inner man. That's pretty traumatic. <laughs> you know how much I hate fasting. <laughs> um, but I see another law in my members, okay? There's another law in my members, in my flesh, in my hands, in my mind, Okay? Warn against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So there's this law. Okay, now, according to Grace Wicker, we've discussed this this week since she's in physics this semester about laws. I'm talking about natural laws, and, you know, and I'm not talking about the speed limit laws, but I'm talking about natural laws that are laws found in nature. Like, you know, there's like all these laws, a law. There's some crazy laws out there. I mean, some of them are just stupid, but they're true. Now, here's, here's the, the uh, let me read to you a definition that Grace said was accurate based on her physics book. Okay? A law is something which happens over and over. Okay? And every time it happens, it happens the same. In other words, it's constant and it's repeatable. Right? The best law we have that I can describe this to you is what we call the law of gravity. Okay? If I take this same piece of paper and take it out in the parking lot and drop it, what's it going to do? It's going to fall. It's repeatable. You can go any, any place on the planet, and the law of gravity works the same. Right? So that's the law. It's constant, and it's repeatable. Okay? Over and over. Hang on to that thought. Now, let's... Because Paul's talking about these laws here. There's laws. Now let me read this in Romans 8 where we read it just a minute ago. Um, where is that at? It said, uh, <clears throat> all right, verse 2. He talks about, For the law of the Spirit of life, that's a law, law of Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Okay, so there's a law. And then there's this other law, has made me free from the law of sin and death. So here's the issue. This is the issue. There's these laws. There's a law that governs life, okay? And there's a law that governs sin. So here's my problem. Here's my problem. Here's your problem about sin. Y'all need to get this. this I, I, everything I said, just to get to this one point right here. Not only do we have to deal with sins, Things that we do wrong, like, you know, yelling at Becky in a mean way. That's a sin. You shouldn't do it. You know, abusive. But I got this law at work. Okay? There's this law that governs sin. And it's always the same. So here's what happens. You see people that they have sin in their life. Right? And they can't overcome this. It's constant in their life. No matter what. They might get, a, you know, through their self-efforts for a week or two or a month or two or maybe even a year or two, they have overcome these sins. They aren't bothered by them. But then all of a sudden, it creeps back in their life. Well, I thought I had overcome that. I thought the Lord had delivered me from that. 
Okay, has anybody had that experience? Am I the only one that just does stuff like that? Like, man, I thought, man, I thought that was dealt with years ago, Lord, and it's popping back up in my life. What is the deal here? Well, the deal is the Lord Jesus, by the blood, deals with our sins, right? I mean, those are dealt with. They are washed away. I mean, they don't even, as far as he's concerned, they don't even exist no more. But there's this law thing, the law of sin, which governs sin, which is, that's the, when Paul was talking about the evil that's present, it's this law that's present. Now here's, let me go back to the gravity picture, make it real natural to you. There's another law called the law of aerodynamics, right? You got the law of gravity, and then you have the, there's a law called the law of di, di, aerodynamics, and I don't know what exactly that law says, but I can tell you how that law works. If I go up to Stone Mountain up there a couple hours or hour or so from here, and jump, there's some cliffs on that thing. They got signs, you know, stay away from the edge. You know, you can fall off that thing and die. I mean, it's a few hundred feet. If I go up there and jump off the side of that mountain, what's going to happen to me? Splap. I mean, you know, it's a sudden stop at the end, you know, that's going to get me. That's the law of gravity. But if I go up there and get it in a hang glider, okay, and take off on the, off the side of that mountain, what's going to happen? The law of aerodynamics takes over. So here's what has happened. This is what Paul's trying to communicate here. There's this law of sin and death that's powerful, and it's going to be repeatable, and it's going to constantly, it's always going to happen. But what God has done, God has introduced another law called the law of life in Christ Jesus. Are you following me? He's introduced this law. In other words, God has not done away with the law of sin and death. It is not done away with. It is there. That law is operation. And it is not going to be done away with until Jesus returns. You know, that law is present and alive. So the way we overcome that law is not by doing away with that law, but we, there's another higher law, another greater law that overpowers that law. And it's a law of life in Christ Jesus, which Paul says is walking after the Spirit. Okay? So the way you overcome your sin is not by defeating sin. Is you step into a higher law and allow this higher, greater law that's stronger than that law. Are y'all with me? Because this will help you. This will change your life. I'm going to give you a good illustration in a minute that will really help you really see it. Because you've got to see this. If, you don't, if it's just like, oh, he's just saying this, and yes, and the Bible is probably true, but it's just not real to you. It's not going to make a difference, but it's going to make a difference in your life. Uh, the way we, you are delivered from constant and repetitive sin in your life is not to focus on the sin, but believe in a law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And you trust in that law. The man who came off the side of the mountain is safe and happy in the hang glider. But suppose that man has to use the bathroom while he's up there. And he says, well, I think I'm going to just step out of the hang glider for a minute and use the bathroom. What's going to happen to him when he steps out of it? Shoot, the law of gravity is going to get him. It's going to suck him right back down to the earth. Are you with me? As long as that man is, listen, as long as that man is hidden away, hidden away in that hang glider, he's safe. And spiritually, as long as we are hidden away in Christ, 
and we don't stick our old ugly heads out for nothing, we're safe in there. Now, this is something Watchman Nee said. This is a powerful thing Watchman Nee said. He said, the object of temptation is always to get us to act in our own energy. The object of temptation is always, it's not necessarily to get you to do to sin, but to get you to act in your own energy. And the illustration he gave was this. Back in the old days when the tank warfare first started, it was a war between China and, and Japan. And first, they were having these war battles between China and Japan with tanks, and China was losing the war. They couldn't beat the Japanese armor until they figured out this thing. What they would do, they'd get these snipers, and they would shoot at the Japanese tanks. Remember, these are old tanks before electronic warfare and all that. They were small, probably one or maybe two-man tank. They'd shoot at the tank, you know, if it's not just a regular old gun, you know, it ain't going to pierce the armor. And then they'd wait a little bit, and they'd shoot again. Well, what would happen is the Japanese operator of the tank would open the tank up and look out to see where the sniper was at so he could aim the tank at him and blow him away. Well, guess what? He, when he stuck his little head out, the guy was waiting on him, and he'd kill him. Every time he would kill him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And see, that's a great illustration of what happens to us about sin. Is Here we are, we're in the tank. We're in Christ, we're hid, we're safe. And then the enemy shoots these little pot shots at you. And all of a sudden we decide we're going to do something about it. So we open up the hatch and look out and bang, hits you right between the eyes. Next thing you know, you're back in your sin. Okay? Are you with me? Now, turn over to 1 Corinthians 15, and this is, you know, getting to the end, because this uh, for sure is not the whole story, but for sure, the Jesus hadn't came back yet, so we got a long time. we got all eternity, okay? I'm not, listen to this, I am not going to grit my teeth and clench my fist to resist temptation. No more. I am not going to grit my teeth and clench my fist to try to, you know, when I'm tempted. That's the wrong way to do it. That's sticking your head out of the tank. That's stepping out to use the bathroom on the hang glider. You've stepped out of your hiding place. And once you've stepped out of your hiding place, being in Christ, remember I said being in, you've got to have that revelation that you're in Christ, you're in there, you're in the belly of Christ. And if that's not a reality to you, what I'm saying really makes no sense. It's like, gosh, you know, that don't sound right. I mean, you mean I don't have to do anything? Absolutely. In fact, I'm saying to you when it comes to sin, do not try to resist sin. Do not try to overcome sin outside of Christ. Because if you try to outside of Christ, you are placing yourself back under the law of sin and death, which is like the law of gravity. It's constant and it's repeatable, and you're going to fall back into your sin sooner or later. You see what I'm saying to you? But if you'll stay in Christ, if you'll stay hid in Him, then you will not sin. You have overcome sin because you're protected. The tank's around you. The, the wind's going to hold you up. Are y'all getting this? I mean, this really is the secret to overcoming sin. If the secret is this, 1557, is that what I said? First Corinthians 15. Listen to this. This is powerful. Coming to the end. But thanks be to God, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, who what? Gives us. Everybody say gives. Gives. Thanks be God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
gives. Not we earn victory. Not we grit our teeth. Not we clench our hands. See, victory, this is the truth about victory over sin. Victory over sin is a gift. It's given to us. It is a gift from God. It's not something we have to do. I don't earn gifts. Gifts are given, right? The giver gives them. Um, let me read one more. You can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. What does it say? Now, thanks be to God who, everybody say always, always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuse the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. We do not experience victory by fighting. We don't experience victory over sin by fighting sin. We enjoy victory by faith. That's how you tap into what I'm telling you. You don't overcome sin by fighting sin. You enjoy your victory. You enjoy the ability not to sin by faith. It's a gift given by God to us. And if you will stay hidden in Christ, meaning wherever He goes, you go. When He stops, you stop. When He's not talking about it, you're not talking about it. When He's talking about it, you're talking about it. Now, that's, the, that's it. That's really it's what's going to set you free. It's not going to be anything else. Don't believe anything else. If anybody tells you you've got to do anything else, they're lying to you. You don't have to fast to overcome sin. Unless that man inside of you says fast. And when that man says fast, you fast. Not because you're some powerful guy to fast. It's because that man in you is fasting. And his strength and his power is being released through you. Because that's the way Christianity was meant to be lived. Oh, I've got to fast because I've got these troubles and I've got to deny my flesh. Y'all have heard that teaching. I'm going to deny all my flesh so it'll get weak. And who, your flesh is never going to get weak. It might get weak that day, but it's going to come back the next day when you eat your hamburger. <laughs> Victory lies in hiding in Christ and depending, trusting upon the Holy Spirit within us to overcome our fleshly lust with His own desires. You got that? Victory lies in hiding in Christ and depending trusting, believing upon Him, the Holy Spirit, within you to overcome your fleshly lusts and your natural desires. He will replace those with His desires if you are willing to lay it down. God's way of victory does not therefore permit our doing anything at all, anything outside of Christ. You stay in the hang glider. Stay in the tank, and that's how you're going to overcome sin. That's how you're going to overcome the law of sin and death. And until you overcome that law, you can't overcome the actual committing of sin because that law is governing you. But when I overcome gravity in an airplane, I can overcome it as long as I stay in the airplane. But the minute I step out of the airplane, gravity takes back over. And the, Are you with me? One last scripture, and then we'll end. 1 John. 1 John 5. Is this helping anybody? I mean, honestly. Or is this like, man, this is garbage. I've never heard such craziness. This is not the Bible. <laughs> but it is the Bible. That's what's so great about this deal. The other night, this is what Becky said to me. This is what she said to me. She said, are you sure this is right? And I said, yeah, why? You know, I was sort of, she said, because it sounds too good to be true. 
And it is too good to be true. That's the way it feels like. Man, this is the greatest deal there ever was. But again, I want to emphasize to you, if you don't know this by revelation, what I'm saying to you is like, it's either just sound like the same old mess you've always heard, or you just think, I ain't sure about what he's saying. But I will say, well, dang on, Paul seemed to walk in this revelation, Becky. And then I started naming all these people, you know, that we know, like Oswald Chambers and Hudson Taylor and Amy Carmine. They had this revelation. If, if it was good enough for Paul, for sure, you know. And then Jesus himself walked in this revelation. Except it was, it was he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. That was the secret of his life. It was that he was connected in with the Father. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, if they all had this revelation, if they were all doing it like this, why aren't we doing it like this? So we can keep being always the same crummy, miserable Christians we've always been, hating being a pastor, wanting, you know, young people wanting to fall away from the Lord, and I don't blame them. The Christianity we've given them, no wonder they want to fall away from the Lord. I mean, they can't keep up with it. Only the real tough, you know, knuckleheads, you know, <laughs> hang in there over the long haul. But man, if we can give them a gospel of grace that says, listen, the Word of God, the Word of His grace is what's able to build you up. It's what's able to do it in you. Instead of us depending on us to do it. It's really the truth. So I say, yeah, this is exactly right. This is the truth. Yeah, it really is. It says in 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen? Whatever, whatever the Spirit of God does, the world can't match it. The law of our aerodynamics always overcomes the law of, of gravity. That's, that's what he's saying there. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus always overcomes that law of, of, of sin and death. And let me just say this to you, by the way. I believe those two laws are nothing more than the spiritual representations of those two trees back in Eden, Garden of Eden. You know, the law of spirit of life in Christ is the law, you know, the tree of life, which is the Lord himself. And the other one, you know, was the knowledge of good and evil, which is, you know, legalism and bondage and death. All right, but then this is what it says. For is born, and this is our victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It is this, believing, believing. It is trusting. It's not trying. It's not clenching your fist. It's not gritting your teeth. But it's trusting in Him, believing in Him, staying connected to Him. And you, that's where you're going to have your victory. It's enjoying victory. Now, does that mean you're not going to ever sin? Well, I'll tell you something. I think you probably will, Okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to teach a doctrine of perfection, but I am saying this. This is the truth. As long as we stay hid in Him, we won't sin. And that's the truth. That's the truth. When we step out of Him, yeah, keep your head down. Amen? Amen? Now, I want to ask the Lord to give you this by revelation because... This is how it works. Revelation. It's, like I said, you will never practically get this stuff unless God talked to you. I can tell you till I'm blue in my face. You know how you tell your kids stuff. I've told you this 983 times. When are you going to get it? <laughs> They're not going to get it for some reason. They've got to get their own revelation. So I want to pray for you one more time that you will receive revelation. I know some of you has got it, and some of you are getting it. Father, 
in the name of Jesus. Raise your hands if you just Lord God, just give us revelation. Yeah, more of it. Of what the real grace of God really means. What the real grace of God really means. Lord, that we don't have to anymore. We're free from trying. We're free from having to work this deal out, Lord. You have set us free. A greater law has been given to us that we can hide in and trust in and believe in. And it's the Holy Spirit who brings it to us. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we declare that over our lives. We declare that over our children. We declare that over, Lord, uh, this congregation. We declare it, Lord. Lord Jesus, we want to release... Uh, we want to release anointing for evangelism for people to get saved. But, Lord, we don't want to save them to some old legalistic thing. We don't want to save them to a miserable Christianity. We want to save them to really come into the joy of the Lord, the real joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not a life of passivity. It is a very active life because the Lord Himself is a very active God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So we'll end on, uh, you know... One of those songs, honey. <laughs> we could read bunches. Of, there's much more stuff in there in Romans 8. I mean, believe me, this is scratching the surface stuff, kind of stuff. But is the Lord just, I mean, this is a real visitation from the Lord. This is life, man. This will set you free. If you can get the revelation, it will set you free. It will make you a different person. <laughs> Go for it. Don't give God any rest until He makes it real to you. Byron's right. This really is a visitation of the Lord because John, 1 John says, uh, the first chapter of the Gospel of John said that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. So this really is a visitation of the Lord. And, you know, as they sing, if anybody needs prayer, Wanda, you guys can just lay hands on them. You know, prayer for healing, you know, whatever. You know, because it's all Christ. It's not no sub, you know, God's not partialed out. His, His grace is everything. I want prayer. I want, I want the congregation to pray for us. I really think this is part of it. This morning I was asking the Lord. Uh, Doug and I are going to Argentina this next week. We live, leave on Thursday. And we're going down to establish a board of advisors for a missionary training center in northern Argentina. And, and Becky prayed this morning, Lord, take us outside of ourselves. Turn us inside out. Byron was praying for a release of evangelism. The Latin American churches have not had success in sending out missionaries. But yet the Lord gave us a base in northern Argentina to train and send out missionaries from. And I've been saying, God, I don't, I don't know how to do this. How do we do this? And, and it was just like, stay in the hang glider, stupid. <laughs> you know, and the Lord was really speaking to me in all this. And, but it, it, it says, this is really the theme that we're going down there with on this, uh, this trip. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If this thing was born of God. And so God has determined that He's going to do the impossible. God has determined He's going to do something through us that's never been done exactly like He's going to do it. You know, it is the grace of God. It's born of God. 
You know, it's staying in the hang glider. You know, this really is wonderful. Lord, I just pray right now for a release of missionaries from the heart of Latin America to the world that they could go forth with a gospel of grace, not a gospel of religion, not a gospel of works, not a gospel of sacrifice, Lord, but a gospel of freedom, Lord. Let it just break forth in us and in them to all the nations of the world, Lord. I guess I'm going to pray and Jim and Doug, y'all come up, we lay hands on them. Pray they'd be blessed on their trip. Leaving. When are you leaving, Jim? Leaving Thursday and coming back. They're going to be gone for a couple of weeks. So we want to pray and bless, bless them to go to South America. So come on up, Father Bill. again too. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, to the only God our Savior, who is Jesus Christ our Lord.